Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke. We will be discussing your weekly NFL recap preview, college football recap preview. We'll be discussing a few of the bigger stories in sports, and I also have an important announcement at the end of the episode, so please do stay tuned for that and stay tuned for episode 52 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 52 here. Uh, Just to reiterate, please stay tuned towards the end of the episode. I'll be going over something really important I want to touch on, and I want to make sure everybody uh, gets to hear it because it does apply to my listeners. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into you the recap of this last week in the NFL, starting with your Thursday night game. Looking at your Week 11 matchup, I know I discussed during the game what the score was. 27-17, Titans over the Packers. A typical performance out of Mr. Henry. Uh, Not as many yards as we're used to seeing, but he did get 87 on 28 and a touchdown. Not to mention a passing touchdown. We're starting to see a little bit more of that. Very, very interesting. And it was actually a really smart, uh, drawn-up play. I remember watching the game. It was... uh, it was like on a two or three yard line or something like that. And it was a looked at as if it was like a halfback draw, you know, the hesitated handoff. Um, and he took about two steps forward and then stopped, threw it over the O line to Austin Hooper for the touchdown. It was a pretty cool design. Um, and then rookie receiver Traylon Burks really finally getting his feet wet and starting to uh, really put up some numbers with seven catches and 111 yards um, on the night. Definitely good to see him finally kind of really get the opportunity to show his talents in the NFL. Starting Sunday night games, you've got uh, Bills and Browns. It was a f- decently close game. Jacoby Brissett actually probably played one of his better games this year. No turnovers, over 300 yards and three TDs to match it as well. Uh, we didn't really see much out of Nick Chubb. Only 14 carries and 19 yards. Minimal performance out of him, but he did have three catches for 48. Not to mention Amari Cooper 113 yards and two TDs. Very nice out of him. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, listen, I know last week I was talking about Rondale Moore being a reliable fantasy option, and what does he do after I say that? Oh, hey, uh, point negative .06 fantasy points. Fantastic job, Rondale. I'm glad you listened to the show. Um, but go look at Donovan Peoples-Jones, man. He's been over 10 fantasy points for his last, like, seven games. Um, I picked up him in most of my leagues if I could, and he's a very good flex option if you really need some help, like I do, in the only league that I paid for in fantasy. Um, my team sucks because everybody keeps getting hurt. So, Donovan Peoples-Jones, everybody. And then, on the contrary, you had Josh Allen. Uh, I don't know, man. He's just not playing like an MVP this year. He didn't even have 200 yards, only the one touchdown. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm not saying he sucks. He's still a very good quarterback in this league. He's just not what we're used to seeing out of him, which is usually like MVP caliber football every year. Going on to your Lions and Giants game. Lions put a little bit of a whooping on the Giants. 31-18 with three rushing touchdowns out of Jamal Williams. He Finished week 11 as the most rushing touchdowns out of a running back in the NFL this season. And not to mention the Lions 
attack. Now, I want you all to remember, last episode I said, if the Lions can stop Saquon, they can win this game. What did they do? 22 yards is what they held Saquon Barkley to. And they won the game. What did I say? Listen. I did say that I didn't think they would win the game, but I told them if they did want to win the game, they'd have to stop Saquon, which they did. The Falcons and the Bears. Very close game. Uh, really came down to the last minute, the, the, the wire here, uh, with Young Way Koo final minutes kick for 53 yards to put them past the Bears. Uh, unfortunate interception that came from Justin Fields, who was having another pretty good game, another 85 yards rushing. That's He was only 15 yards short of his third straight 100-yard rushing week. Um, and overall, you take away that interception on offense. He wasn't doing too bad on that end of the field either. Uh, on the opposite side of the field, though, Atlanta had a record that was broken. Uh, their very own Cordero Patterson has officially broken and now holds the all-time record for kick return touchdowns with nine. And uh, I don't know, man. He's He's quietly emerging as one of the best returners in the history of the NFL, truly. Very close game, Philadelphia and Indianapolis. A lot closer than a lot of fans, especially Philly, would like to have seen it. Uh, 17-16, Philly comes out on top by a point. Jalen Hurts was the pa 190 yards passing, 86 rushing, and a touchdown from both. Very nice performance out of him. And on the contrary, Matt Ryan, no no scores but 213, and another good week out of Mr. Taylor, 84 yards and a TD. And... Uh, 10 receiving yards, nothing crazy there. Uh, very calm game. It looks like the Eagles' offense has slowed down a bit, for sure. Um, and it seems as if the Colts are starting to kind of play better. I know the record doesn't truly reflect that, but um, I think now that they've got uh, Taylor starting, uh, not Taylor, I'm sorry, Matt Ryan starting again, I think that that'll, it's, it's better for them. A very highly defensive game there. In Foxborough, New England and the Jets, final score 10-3, to New England wins. Zach Wilson, 22 attempts, only had 9 completions and 77 yards. Um, and then had the nerve in the postgame to say something along the lines of that he doesn't believe that he's giving his defense a hard time. Uh, okay, dude. Uh, it sounds like he needs to be humbled, in my opinion. Um, and as a matter of fact, they actually... Uh, Robert Saleh came out and announced that Mike White will be the starting quarterback this coming week for the Jets. Very interesting situation going on there. I'm actually kind of surprised that it wasn't Joe Flacco, in all honesty. And then you look over on the New, New England end of things. Their only touchdown came at the very end of the game with a punt return, which a lot of people are arguing there was a blocking back on that play, but at the end of the day, the game's over, so... There you have it, 27-20, to 20, L.A. Rams, New Orleans Saints. The Rams lose another tough one. They are now 3-7 and seven on the season. Uh, Stafford did play a decent part of this game, but they are talking about potentially benching him for the season just because they don't want to risk any long-term injuries as he is already a little older, um, so the longevity is not really there. Something else really interesting that happened this week, the Rams, they released running back Daryl Henderson, who earlier in the season was their RB1, and now it seems that Cam Akers has reclaimed that throne, and it's earlier in the season they were looking to trade Cam Akers. So a very interesting situation going on there. 
it seems that a lot of the backfields in the NFL are shifting randomly out of nowhere. I know we've previously discussed what's going on in both Kansas City with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire losing carries and then also looking at... Detroit, who Swift just kind of started losing carries. Part of it was injury, part of it wasn't. But um, And I do believe there was another in there as well. But now you've got Los Angeles, who just kind of shifted who they were giving the ball to. Uh, very, very interesting stuff going on there. Andy Dalton with a pretty good performance. 260 and three TDs. Uh, pretty close to a perfect passer rating, in all honesty. Only had four incompletions on the game. Very good performance out of him. And in my opinion... Second place for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Chris Olave, 102 yards and a TD. Kid's good, man. He really, really is talented. But uh, I don't know. Uh, James Williams is probably going to be taking over here in the next two uh, next week or so for the Lions. Uh, might be your Offensive Rookie of the Year right there. I'm just saying. Low-scoring game in Baltimore. The Ravens played Carolina at home. Baker Mayfield started at quarterback this week, 21 to 33, 196, no TDs, two interceptions, couldn't even get a 55 passer rating. Uh, I thought it was pretty clear that he wasn't the guy. Clearly, they wanted to try again, and they were reminded as to why that wasn't the case. Lamar Jackson with a fairly minimal performance, 209, no TDs in a pick as well. Um, but he did get that touchdown on the ground, 11 carries, 31 and a TD. Very good performance. Demarcus Robinson, the former Kansas City Chiefs, with 128 yards there. And Mark Andrews in his, uh, I believe it's his second week back in after injury. Um, he comes in. No, it was his first. I'm sorry. His first game back after injury. Uh, he comes back and joins us with about 63 yards. Just a, a minimal performance out of him. I actually saw a fun fact today uh, for fantasy points in PPR. Tra there is more distance between Travis Kelsey, who's tight end number one, and Mark Andrews, who's tight end number two, than there is between tight end number two and tight end number 33 in rankings of scoring this season. That just shows how far ahead Travis Kelsey is of Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is behind Kelsey in rankings. Really is something. Kelsey's that guy. Washington Commanders, Houston Texans. Washington wins 23-10. to Behind their dual backfield threat, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, really not a difference in carries by much, and yards weren't far off either. Ironically, neither of them scored a rushing touchdown. Curtis Samuel, only two carries, and he did score that rushing touchdown there as well. It seems that uh, they didn't really get anything done on offense in terms of the touchdowns there. Um, they had no passing and only the one rushing. But ironically enough, Kyle Fuller did have a pick six, and that definitely had something to do with it. Um, so there you have it for that game. Very good on that end of things. And uh, Damian Pierce, who, in my opinion, was second place for Rookie of the Year, only 10 carries and 8 yards, averaging less than a yard a carry. Uh, pretty disappointing performance there. I'm not sure if it was just Houston not giving him enough carries or what, but that was a pretty poor performance there. Raiders finally win a game here. They're 3-7 and seven now. In overtime, they defeat the Denver Broncos 22-16. Derek Carr with another decent performance, 307, two TDs. Josh Jacobs with 100 yard, 109 yards on the ground. And Devontae Adams, finally, the consistency is back with him, 141, two TDs. We've seen it a few weeks in a row now. He is... 
reminding everybody that he is indeed a top five receiver in this league, and there is no question about it. Your Denver Broncos, Latavius Murray has officially solidified himself as the running back one option in Denver. Melvin Gordon was released by the Broncos this last Tuesday, and they now do have reminder that Chase Edmonds is on that roster as well. So they have Edmonds for now, and obviously they do have Javante Williams, who had the injury for the ACL, I believe, so... He'll be coming back from that. Very, very surprising game here. Dallas, Minnesota, 40-3. to Defense really came to play. Prescott, two passing touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, two on the ground. And Tony Pollard actually had your two receiving touchdowns. He had a fantastic game. 80 yards on the ground, 109 from the air, and two touchdowns. Um, it really, he, he, Tony Pollard is the man. That's all I got for you. Very, very peculiar performance out of your Minnesota Vikings. Um, it, it really was peculiar to only see them put up three points after being 8-1 and one on the season. Interesting, interesting. Bengals and Steelers, seven-point game. Joe Burrow has another pretty explosive game, 355, four touchdowns. He did have the two interceptions, which is no bueno, but four touchdowns, uh, that outnumbers that double. Thank you. T. Higgins, 148 yards. Samaje Perrine, or P. Ryan, I'm sorry, three receiving touchdowns on 52 yards, not to mention 30 yards on the ground. Definitely the uh, MVP of that game, other than Mr. Burrow. And then you look at the Steelers' offense. Kenny Pickett actually won his first week without throwing an interception, and Najee Harris had one of his best weeks of the season, 90 yards, two TDs. I don't know. Steelers put up 30 points this week. I think that's the most. Uh, that's arguably the most they've put up on the year. Kansas City and the Chargers. Your Sunday night game. Mahomes doing it in Mahomes fashion, and Kelsey as well. Mahomes threw all three of his touchdowns to Travis Kelsey, 115 yards. Mr. Pacheco, who's taken over the backfield, another over, had over 100 yards on the ground as well. Looking at the Chargers. He had Eckler get a rushing touchdown, and Palmer, actually, despite Keenan Allen returning for his first week in many weeks to play um, in the game, not to mention you actually did have Mike Williams. It seems that the young guy, Josh Palmer, takes over our wide receiver one for the week, 106 yards and two TDs, although Allen did have 94 yards. And then your Monday night game, Cardinals and Arizona I'm sorry, Cardinals and 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, holy crap, 228 and four TDs. That is not stat line we're used to seeing out of somebody with the last name Garoppolo. Two TDs, George Kittle, and another two to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, very, very good performance by San Francisco here. And the Cardinals, I really do think uh, without, without uh, Kyler Murray, they're pretty much hopeless. Um, so, and they weren't even doing that good before that. A lot to question there. Looking at your week 12 preview, you've already had a couple games finish. First things first, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I did totally forget until just now realizing today's Thanksgiving day. Um, 
first your first matchup of the day, twelve thirty. You had the Bills and the Lions playing in Detroit. Very close game. Came down to literally the last twenty seconds. Um, Lions gave this team a run for their money, and I think you guys need to start putting some respect on my Detroit Lions. Listen, man, Bills are a Super Bowl contending team, and the Lions took them down to the last less than thirty seconds on the clock. That's all I got for you. Similar performances out of Josh Allen and Jared Goff. Goff actually had a higher passer rating. Um, but on the ground, Jamal Williams, yet another touchdown, still leading the league in TDs. Um, and actually, your leading rusher for the game was Josh Allen, who also had a touchdown. Both Singletary and Josh Allen had about 70-some-odd yards from the backfield there, while Mr. Williams had 66. And Stephon Diggs was the game's savior before the 36-yard play that put them in field goal range to win the game. He only had 22 receiving yards. Sorry, 21 receiving yards. Uh, we were doing a pretty good job on him, but he did still have the seven receptions, um, eight total on the game. Isaiah McKenzie also had that touchdown as well. Uh, Lions, listen, man. For where they're at and how they played against a team like this, I think they did great. I think it was a good game out of them, and you can't really ask for too much more. In all in all honesty, I think Lions fans need to take it easy, have a little more faith. Amon Ross St. Brown, 122 in a TD. Told you guys he's back. Y'all don't want to hear me, though. Cowboys win a fairly close one against their division rivals, the Giants. Dak Prescott, two TDs, two interceptions. He's been pretty uh, heavy with the interceptions this season. Not really too sure what's going on. Ezekiel Elliott, 92 yards and a TD. Tony Pollard on two more carries with 32 less yards, no touchdowns on the ground. The defense definitely saved them in this matchup, in my opinion. Currently, there's about six minutes left in the fourth quarter of your Patriots-Vikings matchup. Vikings up 33-26. to so far, Mac Jones, 288 and two touchdowns. Not a bad game out of him. Their rushing performance is very minimal. Looking at the Vikings, they clearly came right back. They're not uh, hiccuping after last week. Justin Jefferson, 139 yards and a TD. Adam Thielen in a TD. TJ Hawkinson, TD. Kirk Cousins has got 303 yards, three TDs, and an interception at this time. Like I said, about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Looking at your Sunday matchup, starting with the Buccaneers and the Browns. I think this will be a really good game, and it comes down to how successful Cleveland's rushing attack could be. But I think that uh, lately, these last couple weeks, the Buccaneers have been playing a lot better than they were beforehand. I'm going to take them in this matchup. Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this is a tough one, in my opinion. In my opinion, just because I think that the Bengals are really left and right. They either play really good or really bad, and... That usually determines the outcome. So I think that uh, Bengals ride on a big week last week and follow it up this week with the Titans and take the W. The Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins, it is a safe bet. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins in this situation. Tua Tango Viola is not going to lie to you guys. He's kind of having an MVP season, not going to lie. Definitely somebody to keep an eye out for. He's very consistent. Bears and Jets. Uh, this one should be interesting. I don't know. Putting in Mike White at QB, I think, is, is I don't really know what to think of it. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have on the game. 
Um, and I mean, whoosh, you know, it really is kind of hard to tell. So I'm going to go with the Bears here just because I don't know that Mike White's going to be able to get it done. Looking at Washington and Atlanta, I think the rushing attack for Washington is what's going to win them this game. They've been very consistent these last few games with their backfield, and it's been reliable options as well. Broncos, Panthers, I'm going to take the Broncos here. I do think that the uh, the Broncos offer a better upside than the Panthers do, I think, regardless of who the Panthers start. I think that your, your Broncos just give you a better opportunity. Ravens and Jaguars, I hmm, this one's going to be tough just because we saw how hard of a time the uh, Carolina Panthers gave Baltimore last week, and Jacksonville's a better team. So I'm, I'm going to take Baltimore here, but I think that uh, if you're a better, if you're on, if you're someone in the betting field, I would take the the um, I would take the spread on Jacksonville. Chargers and Cardinals. Um, I'm going to lean towards the Chargers in this game. I don't know that Kyler Murray is going to be back healthy enough in time for this game, and I think even if he is, it's going to be a rough performance just because he really hasn't been himself this year. So I'm going to lean on the Chargers for that game. Raiders and Seahawks. Geno Smith, baby. I think they're going to come off the bye week red hot. Kenneth Walker, Geno, and Tyler Lockett, DK, are going to be playing some good football and defeat the Raiders. Rams and Chiefs, man, the Rams look lost this year. I'm going to take the, the Chiefs, and I'm, I'm going to take it good. They, they're just too damn good this year. Their offense is crazy consistent per usual, and the Rams look all types of just all over the place. Saints and 49ers, I'm going to take the 49ers here. I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout. I think that what we saw out of Jimmy G last week was very rare for someone like him. And I think that New Orleans defense has been pretty good this year. Not to mention Dalton has been had a few good games here and there, especially this last week. So if he can play the way he did last week, it'll be a close game. But I'm going to take San Fran. And then Sunday night game, you've got Philadelphia and Green Bay. NFC matchup could, be, could potentially be a playoff matchup. Um, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles here just for the fact that the Packers have been really up and down lately. Uh, they, they, they're kind of almost in a sense like the Bengals. They either play really good or really bad and no in between, and they're just too inconsistent to tell. Looking at your Monday night game, this one should be interesting. You've got Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers here. They're not the favorite in the game, but I think that they actually could win this game. It is going to come down to uh, their ability to not turn the ball over, though, in my genuine opinion. If they turn the ball over, that could affect the outcome of this game, no questions. Like it always does, but I think it'll have a huge impact on this game specifically. All right, there's that for you. We're going to jump into the college football, your recap and preview there, going into week 12 of the college football. Uh, Michigan definitely scared us there with a the matchup against Illinois, only one by two, 19-17. Still somehow managed to maintain the number three spot in the rankings, but part of it's probably because TCU also barely won their game against Baylor, 29-28, and Baylor's unranked. I don't know if you remember, guys, remember me last week talking about unranked Louisville having a pretty good chance to defeat number 24 NC State. Well, guess what? They did, and now Louisville is ranked number 25. They're looking good. I'm telling you, they have potential to climb the rankings these next couple seasons. 
South Carolina absolutely blows number five Tennessee out of the water, 63 to 38. And I'm not going to lie to you, extremely unfortunate injury coming from their star quarterback and Heisman candidate, Hendon Hooker. Uh, he sustained a torn ACL in his left knee on Saturday night. And um, it seems that as if his season is over. Very crushing for a guy like him who was having a Heisman caliber season, not to mention setting himself up for success in terms of the NFL draft as well. Another unranked victory, victory the 5-5 five and five Arkansas Razorbacks defeat the number 14, 8-2 Mississippi Ole Miss 42 to 27. It wasn't even close. I mean, it really was crazy. Um, you look at their offensive performance. They had three passing touchdowns, and oh my God, their rushing attack was unbelievable. Raheem Sanders, 232 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Are you serious? That's unbelievable. Yet another unranked win. Oklahoma defeats Oklahoma State in a in-state rivalry matchup. Oklahoma State being the 22-ranked team in the country. Oklahoma wins 28-13, riding on the back of their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, 259 and two tutties. Easy money. Very close matchup. UCLA and USC came down to the wire. High-scoring game, 48-45. Caleb Williams, 470 yards and two touchdowns, not to mention 120 yards and two TDs from the running back, Austin Jones. Jordan Addison quickly becoming one of the most popular receivers in the country. I tried to tell you about him in the preseason, the transfer out of Pittsburgh. He's good. He had 178 yards and a TD there. On the contrary, you look at Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback for UCLA. He had 309 yards and four TDs, but the three picks really did hurt them there. Charbonnet with 95 yards and his backup, no, sorry, not backup. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, QB, with 81 and two TDs on the ground as well. So he combined for six touchdowns, Mr. Robinson did, but it wasn't enough to win him the game, unfortunately. And then lastly, Utah and Oregon. Oregon comes out with the win by three. Very good performance there by the Oregon Ducks. And you had your typical decent performance out of receiver... Dante Thornton, unfortunately, Bucky Irvin only had 20 yards this game, something we're used to seeing a lot more out of him is a over 100-yard game, so hopefully he can get back on track this next week. Looking at week 13, starting with a matchup ranked, Tulane and Cincinnati should be a very good game. I'm actually going to take Cincinnati here. Tulane looked really, really rough last week. Florida and Florida State, this one will be pretty tough. I do think that you got to go Florida State here. They're gonna they they got to use that run game, and that's what they'll do to get their second their sweep against their in-state rival. Another in-state matchup: Georgia and Georgia Tech. Uh, it's a pretty easy pick. I just think the in-state rivalries are cool. Georgia's gonna take that W. You got a another in-state matchup here: Louisville matched up against the University of Kentucky. Uh, I think the way Louisville's been playing lately, I'm going to have to go with them. I don't really have any other options for you. 
Okay, it seems to be the week of in-state rivals, so I'm going to just stop saying that and start lifting, listing off the, the, the matchups here. you got Alabama-Auburn. We all know how the Iron Bowl goes here, baby. Uh, we'll see how it goes because, you know, uh, Alabama's had a few scares this year, and Auburn's one of those schools that don't matter how bad they are that season, they're always going to give Bama a hard time. Same thing with Michigan-Michigan State. doesn't matter how bad that one team is, the other team's always going to give them a hard time. Both teams are ranked in-state matchup. Oregon, Oregon State. I'm going to take Oregon here. I do think that their offense is significantly better, but don't be surprised if Oregon State finds a way. UCF and USF matchup for the Battle of Florida. Well, the other Battle of Florida, I should say. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take UCF here, considering USF has only won a single game this year. Washington, Washington State. I'm going to go with Washington. I think that Michael Penix has been playing out of his mind these last couple of weeks. Definitely, um, definitely capable of winning that game. And then Kansas, Kansas State. I'm going to take Kansas State here. I think that their offense is just too explosive uh, with running quarterback Martinez and running back Duke Vaughn. I think that that team's Deuce Vaughn, I'm sorry. Is just a little too dangerous. And then lastly, I had to save the best for last, the match. Michigan and Ohio State, the greatest rivalry in college and professional sports. Now, listen. This one scares me, especially because of last week's performance by Michigan. They showed that even a team like Illinois... Um, can give them a hard time, so that concerns me with what they're going to be capable of against a team like Ohio State. We didn't make any improve. I'm saying we. Michigan did not really make any improvements on their first half performance, which I was really hoping they used the Illinois week in it to take advantage of using that to be the first week they really make adjustments, but they didn't. So now we just got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that Michigan can get it together and perform better in the first half against OSU. Otherwise, they're going to lose that game. There you have it. College football, NFL, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Very alarming story in the world of the Premier League. Cristiano Ronaldo actually released a tweet on the 22nd saying, Following conversations with Manchester United, we have mutually agreed to end our contract early. I love Man United and I love the fans. That will never, ever change. However, it feels like the right time for me to seek a new challenge. I wish the team every success for the remainder of the season and for the future. Whoa. Definitely not something that fans were waking expecting to wake up to seeing this morning. That morning, I'm sorry. But it's okay because he continues to make history with his World Cup goal for Portugal. Today, very, very interesting, interesting stuff there from Mr. Ronaldo. A text message was leaked actually by Antonio Brown, a message from Tom Brady. I'm going to read this message to you, and I think that it really is something. Tom Brady texted Antonio Brown saying, You are demonstrating very poor decisions and poor communication to so many people who have gone above and beyond to help you. You are acting selfish, and unfortunately many of those people are exhausted by the erratic and unpredictable emotional behavior. When I met you, you were humble, willing to learn, and anxious to improve things in your life. 
In a short period of time, you have done those things and accomplished some great things, and very much on the path to success long term. Unfortunately, you have reverted very much back to a young, immature man that is selfish, self-serving, irrational, and irresponsible. I, for one, am disappointed in many behaviors over the past few months. You have seemed to have lost all humility and that APG. You have gone from hanging around the good quality people that had genuine interest in seeing you succeed to seeing others whose lives are erratic and out of control and leading you down a negative path. Whoa, Nelly. Very interesting. I find it weird that Antonio Brown would post this because I don't really see anything that Tom Brady said that was wrong. He's just essentially saying, like, listen, dude, I vouched for you more than once, and it seems that you're just continuously going down a dark path that I don't have any interest in being a part of. I think that Brady addressed it like a man. He didn't say anything that shouldn't have been said. I don't think any of that was unnecessary. Um, And, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Antonio Brown ruined his own football career. He could have been arguably one of the. He could have been. He could have been in the top five to eight receiver argument all time, and I think he. Made, I think he kind of threw that away. Maybe he didn't really care about the sport of football no more. Maybe it was bigger than that for him, and that's fine. But um, I only know what I know, and from what I see on where my position stands, he, he did this to himself. That's all I got for you. Bit of a situation going on in the city of Detroit with the Pistons. Another player league personnel. Another Pistons player league personnel are monitoring his third year forward Sadiq Bay. The Villanova product was recently demoted from the starting lineup before bouncing right back into Dwayne Casey's opening unit. Bay will become an extension eligible this summer. This summer, I'm sorry, can't read and has had a noticeable drop in production. Detroit has taken early calls on Bay from inquiring team sources, said, a change in behavior from recent trade windows. But it seems the Pistons are intent on further evaluating Bay before truly entertaining his trade market. I, for one, as a Pistons fan, excuse my language, fucking hate this move. Because it seems like every single time the Pistons get somebody who's genuinely successful at a young age and has a lot of upside, <clears throat> Sadiq Bay, they want to get rid of him. Why are we not discussing getting rid of, I don't know, Killian Hayes? No, let's keep the best player on our team for the last two to three seasons. Some would argue it's Cade Cunningham. That's fine. Last year, Sadiq Bey was our best player. This year, Sadiq had the potential to be our best player, but wasn't given the opportunity. The season's very still young. Cade has been our best player, but now he's injured, unfortunately. And it's looking as if we're going to probably be in the one of the top picks. I really hope they win the lottery this year again and get Mr. Victor Wembanyama. That would be incredible. I would love it. Listen, at that point, I wouldn't mind trading... Uh, Sadiq Bay, if we could potentially get something out of him there. It really depends on how I feel about it. it. would depend on what we can get for him. I guess that's really what it comes down to. 
All right, you guys, there you have it for all of your sports content for this week's episode. Now, real quick, I just want to have a, a conversation with you guys, and I just really want you to kind of hear me out for a minute. I'm not going to go too much into detail, but I do want to be heard, and I want you guys to – I don't expect you to understand. I just expect you to respect and appreciate my decision, essentially, at this time. Um, really, the direction that I'm looking to go with box score, unfortunately, um, I'm not shutting it down full-time or permanently. Um, but I will be taking a break for a while. I would say that where I want to be at the end of my broadcast career um, and where I am now, what I'm doing is not going to get me there. I feel that I've gotten to the point where I feel as if I'm kind of repetitive, and I feel some of that is my fault, and I understand that, and I acknowledge that, and that's fine, but I would prefer to get back into the groove of things where I have a partner. I think that it's really hard for me to come up with creative, consistent content for you when I'm talking to myself and I've tried to put it in the perspective as if I'm talking to someone but you got to understand if you, if you watch a lot of these talk shows or even listen to them like for example you listen to pardon my take 80% of the content that comes from their episodes are based on the interactions with the guys around them when big cat is talking he does not know what PFT is going to say back to him you know and that's that's really the beauty of, of this industry is that the content make, creates itself just through natural conversation. And when I'm doing these episodes by myself, it's borderline impossible to create that. And I've really, really tried to come up with different ways, like uh, adding the fast break segment at the end of the episodes. And the only reason I didn't do it this week is because I'm having this conversation with you. Um, so I just went over the Tom Brady, Cristiano Ronaldo, Sadiq Bay things as if they were stories. Uh, rather than do a fast break with all upbeat energy music and then say this kind of... I wouldn't say depressing, but kind of sad news. So um, that's really all I'm going to do. You know, I don't feel as if I owe too much of an explanation to really anybody. I know what I want to get out of this podcast, and I know what the end goal is, and that's really all that matters. And um, I really genuinely do appreciate all the support that's come from the show so far. And those that do listen, you guys are the fucking best, you know. Um but at this point in time, I just feel like what's best for me, I feel like it just, I, at this point, I'm just kind of wasting my time. You know, I feel like I, be, I could be putting this time that I spend doing the episodes better elsewhere. And I think that when it comes to a time where um, I have, I w it's not even that I need help. I just think I want someone to talk to when I'm doing the episodes. And I think that, I mean... I have the ability to look at the statistics for the episodes, and all I'm going to say is that when we did have other people, another person on the episodes, our listen counts and our play counts were triple and quadruple what we get now. So um, I'd definitely be looking to try and make that happen again just because the success rate and um, also, like I said, what I'm looking to do at the end of my broadcasting career, essentially where I would be once I would be saying, look, I made it, I'm here. Um, what I'm doing now is not going to get me there. So, um, unfortunately we're going to be just taking a break for now and moving on and box score will still be around and, um, we, we should, we will probably be coming back to it one day, but at this time, I just think it's the best move to kind of put a hold on things and focus on what I need to put myself in a success in a position to succeed. So, um, like I said, I'm not expecting too many of you to understand. I just expect you um, I just ask that you respect my decision, and if you have any questions, you know, please reach out to me. I'd love to chat about it more if you have any interest, and um, 
other than that, that's just kind of where we're at. You know, it's unfortunate and I hate to, I hate to do it because this stuff is what I like to do. But, um, I just think that in order to move forward, you got to take a step back sometimes. And that's what we're doing. So, um, please don't hate us. You know, you still got 51 other episodes you can go and listen to if you, if you miss the content at all. And, um, I'll be trying to come up with better ways to make this stuff work for everybody, you and me, um, in the future. But as of right now, this is just the direction I'm choosing to go in. And like I said, I hope you respect that decision. So without further ado, that's, that's episode 52. And as of right now, the last one for quite a while. So just hang tight, stay patient, stick with us for a while. And cause it's not gone forever. Like I said, but um, just need to take a break and kind of reevaluate the purpose and value of the podcast. So I'd love any input input or any questions anybody wants to reach out. But other than that, there you have it, guys. I will not be seeing you next week. But episode 53 will find its way. Take care of yourselves and peace out. Uh! Took my baby to the highest highs.